Welcome to the Corporate Detox Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda McCorder. I'm a corporate dropout, recovering people pleaser, and perfectionist turned burnout recovery coach. If you are sick of the corporate roller coaster ride and ready to step into a life you love, this is the podcast for you. Hey there. Welcome back to the Corporate Detox Podcast. I'm Amanda McCorder. I'm the host of this amazing podcast that recently celebrated one year. And I don't think I even mentioned our one-year birthday of the Corporate Detox Podcast. So I wanted to make sure that I did that today. And I explained a few changes that I'm super excited are coming to the podcast. First and foremost, this is the first video episode. So if you want to check it out on Spotify, please do. It'll also be uploaded to a YouTube channel um, and will be linked in in the show notes of our regular podcast distribution. Um, And also there'll be a blurb on it on social media. So you can find us on YouTube as well. With that being said... We're also going to start live streaming our podcast. So this is going to be the first Corporate Detox live stream as well. And we'll be live streaming to Facebook and LinkedIn. So if you're over on those platforms, make sure you drop me some love. Um, Give me some comments. And I'll tell you, if this is the first time that you're seeing me in person, I just wanted to say hi. Um, I am super stoked to bring this to you guys in video as well as audio and just super excited for the changes here to come in 2024 as we continue on this journey um, of the Corporate Detox podcast. So let's go ahead and get into today's episode. Today's guest is Gabrielle Pimstone. Gabrielle is the founder of Generative Growth, and after a 27-year career in organizational psychology, Gabby had a chance encounter with a podcast that would forever alter the course of her life. She is now an energy coach, and she teaches powerful energy techniques for self-healing and navigating major life transitions so people can live with a renewed purpose and passion. So with that, let's get to the episode. Okay, Gabrielle. Oh my gosh. I am so excited that um, number one, that we connected and are able to do this episode. And I truly think that this um, will possibly not be the last one after our talk together. So um, I'm going to turn it over to you. I would love for you to share your corporate detox story um, with our listeners. Thank you so much, Amanda. And I agree with you. We had such an incredible chat and so many uh, points of synergy as well. So my story of corporate detox is actually um, about leaving the corporate world, 27 years into a corporate career in organizational psychology. I was a successful leader in big corporations. Some of them were, you know, uh, global brands that people would know. Um, and I, my moment of reckoning was Sunday, the 9th of August in 2020. I woke up, 
I was working for a large bank, Australia's largest bank, and I was I was in a complete state. I had been for the past six months, you know, every day was in a cycle of real continuous anxiety. I couldn't sleep. My thyroid, my Graves disease and my thyroid had actually um, spiked again. Um, and I woke up that morning with just a really giant pit in my stomach and went for a walk. And I listened to a podcast, interestingly enough, which altered the course of my life. And in the podcast, it wasn't a corporate story, but it was a story of a woman who couldn't enjoy the moment. And she had incredible things happening in her life, but she was trapped in a cycle of anxiety. And that got me thinking. Um, it really actually woke me up because in her story, I saw that I'd been living in this invisible prison where I was also continuously waiting for the other shoe to drop and um, my life was uh, passing me by in that state. And it was from that moment that I dialed up my spiritual practice, took 18 months to accredit as an energy master and then left the corporate world. Oh my gosh. Okay, so <laughs> I'm just sitting here writing down waiting for the shoe to drop. Um, explain that feeling for our listeners. Well, that feeling is one of being disconnected from the present moment. So, you know, great things can be happening, but you can't appreciate them. You can't rejoice in them. So there's a disconnection from the uh, present moment. The feeling is also one of extreme anxiety and trepidation always waiting when things are going good the in the background and sometimes in the foreground is that little voice that says it's too good to be true or um, when is stuff going to start turning bad for me so rising sense of trepidation continuously a sense of um, lack of peace I would actually put it that way yeah yeah you know it never and it never ceases to amaze me that the people that I cross paths with and the people that come on the podcast, I can find parts of myself in their story and waiting for the shoe to drop is definitely something that hits home for me. I worked with a coach um, not long after I left the corporate world and one of her big, like mind blowing moments <laughs> in our coaching container was, um, if you're waiting for the shoe to drop, the reality check is you are the shoe. Oh, I love that. Right. You're you are the, the shoe. shoe. Right. So, and it really was taking you back to getting in your own body, right? Like not, and not worrying about like external everything, but like bringing it inside and realizing that you dictate and you can change your reality instead of waiting for some other circumstance to change it for you. I love that, Amanda. And that is exactly right. You are the shoe and and it's, it's in your power to either drop it or to move forward in that shoe. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the, the other emotion as you were talking, something in what you said elicited um, the another emotion um, underpinning the uh, shoe dropping, which is shame. Mm -hmm. And it, it is something about um, not giving yourself permission to be great, 
not giving yourself permission to be who you are and a fear of judgment. And so in the corporate setting, I mean, I've been uh, facilitating group work for 25 years at that point. I was a really professional facilitator. The feedback was always good. And every time I stepped into a workshop, which was once, twice a week, I would think this is going to be the time that I'm going to fail. This is going to be the time the shoe drops because this audience isn't going to resonate with me. And it was just a feeling of performance anxiety and a fear of being judged that was also propelling me um, in, you know, in that phase of my life. Mm. So you facilitated trainings for large, big name companies, right? Mm. And would you say that at one point in your journey, like you felt like I've made it? Never. <laughs> never. Actually, See, never. that's the thing. Yeah. yeah. That's like, the inner critic. Yeah, mm-hmm. never. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we yeah. think that we need to keep climbing that ladder, right? Going after more and more and more. And when we get there, we're still not fulfilled. Well, that's right. And it's a facet of not living your purpose because you've never quite actualized. So there is that nagging voice that says, I haven't quite made it in terms of actualized. But also the corporate world, in my experience of it, is it's set up to create performance anxiety. I used to work for big uh, consultancies. I've done a couple of stints in that. And it's all about um, not good enough, always about um, just stretching and and pushing people into a zone of panic and anxiety. And that's been my experience. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. So how has your life changed since you've stepped out of the corporate world? It's changed fundamentally. I wouldn't be talking to you if it were just a step change. It's been a fundamental transformation. I would say that my life doesn't look anything like it did on that Sunday, 9th of August in 2020. I've uh, made courageous decisions. I'm living, I've actually redefined my purpose and it has now become my North Star. So it is really now all about uh, fulfilling potential together. I couldn't do that in a corporate space. There were just too many barriers to helping people fulfill their potential. And um, my anxiety has gone. And the reason why my anxiety is gone is because I've learned how to heal myself using really advanced energy techniques. So the biggest change to my life is that constant anxiety. I can honestly say it's no longer there. My sleep is better. Mm. I do feel anxious. I feel anxiety when appropriate, but it's not my prevailing it's not who I am, let me put it that way. I feel it in moments, but that's absolutely turned around. And I'm doing work that I love. I'm doing work that gives me meaning. I'm doing work that makes a difference, a real difference. And for me in the corporate space, there was just too much bureaucracy to enable real change to happen. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. yes, bureaucracy and corporate politics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those were the yeah. two these big barriers. I've eliminated that from my life. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would tell people, um, so 
the company that I work for, I lived a couple hours away from our division office. And, you know, there was lots of opportunities for me to take roles, but I would have to relocate there. And I, I would always tell people, um, I'm not good at the corporate politics, right? Like I like, I like where I'm at because I'm not good with politics. And, you know, that, that always <laughs> came to the surface. Um, always. always, like always. <laughs> And yeah. I remember when I was leaving, um, one of my peers was actually stepping in as the HR manager for that division. And she had come back from, she had relocated across the country um, and her family moved back so she could lead our division. And I remember apologizing to her and like saying how you know sorry I was that I was leaving as she was coming back because I really truly thought that under her leadership, you know, things would change, right? And I was sad that I wouldn't be there for that. And she had said to me, why don't you stay and be part of that change? And my response was very much, I've thought for years that it was going to change. Like I remember saying to the folks that I worked with, like, this was just a tough year. Next year will be so much better. Like fresh start in February, right? New fiscal year. And things will change and they never did. And now looking from the outside, you know, a few years later, that company's still struggling with the same, same things, if not worse. So, you know, taking those steps, right? Those courageous steps, those bold steps to, to leave and change your life and at times do it with no plan, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. really truly can change change the whole trajectory of where you're going absolutely amanda uh, just to go back to what you're saying because it's so profound that what you're describing is how difficult corporate culture change is yeah. and it takes more than a new leader somewhere in the system to change the whole system Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, the, the area I used to work in was culture change. It was one of the big offerings I used to kind of lead in organizations. And it was a losing proposition because by and large, organizations need like a big wake up call in order to change what they've been doing. So I really, you know, it is, it's it's hopeful what you describe, but it's it's a very challenging thing. I do want to say though, Amanda, as we're talking that it is so important for me to uh, speak about the golden side of the corporate world. And I know that's not uh, what people talk about all the time here, but there are, everything's got a golden and a shadow side. And yes. the golden side of the corporate world is camaraderie. I've made lifelong friends. Uh, money, which is important. And there is a particular structure and familiarity and consistency that, you know, you, 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 you it's just, it, it's, there's a container, a safe container in some way. So I don't want to dis corporate completely. Oh, but absolutely. It did, it did make me sick in the end. Yeah. So I just yeah. wanted to add it's actually a really good time to bring that up here in the States. It's, you know, Thanksgiving week for us. So yeah. I think of like all, all my years being in corporate, the things that it afforded me, right? So you're saying like the camaraderie, the lifelong friendships, family, quite honestly. Um, oh, I still have so many of those ties. And like you're saying the safety, right? Like 
the safety, what, what it has given us financially too. So without that, I wouldn't have been able to make the leap Absolutely. as a single income house yes. to leave that career and essentially start over. Right. So yeah, it definitely has like the golden side to it as well. Um, so thanks for bringing that up. Pleasure. <laughs> I appreciate it's worth it. saying, yeah, it's worth saying because there will be people I imagine listening to this who are still in the corporate world, and um, you know, timing is everything. And yeah. when your time comes to leave, if that time ever comes, you know, then you t- take that leave. But otherwise, it's it's not all doom and gloom for everyone. Yeah, my story isn't everyone's story. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And that's what, like, personally, when I work with clients, not all of them are going to leave the corporate world. And I'm totally okay with that. That is not what corporate detox is to me. It is really finding the harmony so that you're not, it's just not, your life doesn't become one-sided. And that was very much how my story was. My life became very one-sided when it came to my career that I lost my sense of self, right? People can, when they do the work, they can definitely have the harmony between the two. Definitely. I agree. I absolutely agree. Yeah. 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 So tell us about um, what you do now. And I think that kind of probably fits together a little bit um, from what I just said. It really does. And I was thinking, as you were saying that, how uh, working with energy can help provide a kind of a buffer if you're still in the corporate world and help you buffer against stress and all that stuff. So I'm a, I call myself an energy coach and facilitator. So I've bought the best of my corporate experience, which is coaching and group facilitation. Um, And I work with uh, individuals and groups to help them firstly identify what their block is. And that's where I bring my psych background in. What is it? What's your biggest block? And then what I do once we really unpack that is I bring energy techniques in to help release those blocks quickly. Because there's nothing in my experience that releases the block quicker than working with energy because everything everything is energy. So instead of, and this has been my experience, instead of sitting for a year or two with a coach or, or in therapy, as was my case, you can actually understand what's holding you back and then the release can be very swift and really permanent. So energy techniques get you there faster and they also get you there um, and they help you stay there so that you don't lapse back into old habits. So that's what I do. I coach people, I do the healing on them, but I also teach people the techniques that I know so that they can manage their own energy without reliance on a third party. So I'm empowering people to do it for themselves. And, you know, I've got two levels of group coaching. The first level, um, you go through some of the fundamental foundational energy techniques. For example, I'll teach people how to release energy blocks from their Mm -hmm. chakras And then as you go into the second level, it becomes more advanced, which is, for example, teaching people how to release childhood trauma, Uh, even trauma from when you were in your mother's womb, and to really kind of work across timelines. Hmm. Okay. So I 
I won't say I didn't know anything about energy before leaving the corporate world, but I really started kind of really diving into it after that. And it is definitely a modality that I wish I had way back when. Yeah. So what? Switch switch the tables and ask you why you say that, because I agree wholeheartedly. What's your rationale for saying, you know, you wish you'd have had it way back when? So I would, at one point I found myself, um, I found a great massage therapist here locally. And, you know, a lot of what she did in that work was some energy work too, right? To get kind of things moving. She's very intuitive, even though at the Mm -hmm. time I really had no clue what that even meant. Um, But I'll tell you, I would feel so much better after going to her. And I never really understood why. Never understood why. I just knew there was like this miracle. (laughs) Like I will come to you every couple of weeks, every month to feel this good. And then I started to learn about it. Right. And then she, I remember her saying things to me about how I would bring my, my energy bubble, my aura in. Yeah. Um, and she would say that. And I'm like, what are you like, what are you talking about? I thought it was (laughs) quite honestly. Yeah. Now I, now I understand it. And then after leaving, um, I'll just say I had a, a block throat chakra. Like, we'll just leave it at that. But like, I had lost my voice, essentially, right? I I was not just saying what I was thinking and kind of suppressing all of that. Um, So I don't know if that kind of like is something that that sounds like what your clients would say to you or or what their um, experience would be. But those were like my big kind of like aha moments before diving into it further. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, they'd come to me for various things. Like often it's the, what you, uh, in this conversation, when we're talking about the, you know, the corporate detox, I imagine a lot of that would sit in the solar plexus. Um, So there'd be a lot of solar plexus work to be done. But yeah, I mean, people leave feeling good, but it's more than a quick fix. And yeah. the techniques that I use are far more than hands-on healing, although I do clear chakras and you know feel into chakras. What I'm working on is the root, the inception point of the block. So if you've got a, and I coughed at that moment, I was about to say throat, block in the throat chakra. If you've got a block in the throat chakra, and as you described, you can't find your voice, self-expression has become a challenge, then we're going to work there. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to find the inception point of that. Now, the inception point could be, and is very often childhood-based programming, uh, how we were brought up, even an event, perhaps at school where your voice was shut down, whatever it may be, I will find that. And then we will go back to the inception point and clear it then. Because what happens with uh, energy blocks is they start at a particular point in time and then they compound as more things happen they grow bigger and bigger and they lodge themselves in your energetic body and they become an invisible handbrake you don't know why you can't move forward in your life you don't know why you can't speak your truth Um, and it's because this this block has grown it's become deeper it's compounded over time and so it's not a it's not difficult to fix if you find 
the root. And that is why it is more than just temporary relief. And it is so profound and it is so powerful. Mm. Yeah. Man. Do you ever, um, go, does, does some of that work go back to like ancestral? Yes, it does. Mm. So I'm glad you raised that because I want to always meet your um, listeners where they're at, but it can, energetic roots can start in various places. They can start in this lifetime, often in childhood, but not solely, but often in childhood. They can even start in the womb, in gestation. So your mother might have had something happen, a stressor, and because you were in their, their body, that energy could be transferred to you that way. They can be transgenerational, so a little bit like psychology, you know, where um, a transgenerational trauma gets passed on, same with energy blocks. So it can be parents, grandparents, even ancestral. And then it can so it can kind of move down the line. And then the other way that they can start is karmically. So uh, and I, one of the things I do if I feel this is right for the client is to actually access the karmic grid and clear the root from there, which is mm. very interesting. Yeah. 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 It's like this whole world that... Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people don't even know it exists essentially. Like, I don't know. It's so, it's so interesting. And, you know, to think that five years ago, I didn't know that a lot of this even existed. Yes, me too. (laughs) Me too. Crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. And in fact, at that point, I might not even have believed it. Yeah. Yes. I I agree with you. I agree with you. I um, yeah, I, t- I totally agree. Cause I, I feel like for me, at least I was so focused on, um, what I was doing in my career, right? Like what was it I needed to do to be a success? And I don't want to say that it was like blinders to everything else, but it really like, you're, you're just so caught up in that world. Um, and then you've got, you know, your personal life too going on that you're trying to stay afloat in both of them. Exactly. That opening up to all this, uh, this other stuff that's out there that is like vital to our existence, but we don't realize it. Yeah. Well, you're right. I mean, for me personally, if I can just maybe share what was going on for me, I was actually scared of this stuff. So I was at this, I was stuck in a particular area of my life. I was riddled with anxiety. It was affecting everything, including the career that I spoke about earlier. And I joined a program, the program that ultimately led to me becoming an energy master because I wanted him to clear my block for me. I wanted the easy path. But what I realized very, very quickly uh, within the first couple of months of the program was that energy is energy runs the show Mm -hmm. and so um, I didn't understand energy I didn't actually want to become an energy coach or master I certainly didn't want my spiritual gifts activated that stuff I wasn't going there Um, but it became really clear that this was the answer for me and this is from somebody like myself who was schooled in psychology Mm-hmm. There's a marriage between the two disciplines because you have to understand mindsets, emotions, identity, all the blocks that sit where you've got to understand where the block sits 
But as I said earlier, the energy work comes in to release it swiftly. And I landed up going on to three levels of energy mastery. And I'm now a master. I'm an energy master. And I never thought that I would, I never imagined in a million years that would be me. Yeah. 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 So was it your education that kept you kind of fearful of stepping into this? I think it was probably education. I'm just thinking it's a really great question. I remember um, after my dad passed away, I was nine at the time, and I must have been about 10 or 11, and I remember saying to my mum, I want to go to a medium and speak to dad. I mean, I didn't really even know what it was, but I remember saying that, and she forbade me from doing it. Mm -hmm. Now, she's actually a really open-minded person and has been incredibly uh, supportive of me in my journey now but at the time it was probably she didn't understand what mediumship was and I was too young she felt but there was probably that moment that made me um, that created a resistance to yeah. spirituality I imagine it was that yeah 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 I totally I totally <laughs> resonate with that I think for me um, a friend of mine had said she said I feel like you're on the edge of a pond or a pool and yeah. like you want to dip your toe in yeah but you're not and she was very like very on point with that because for me I think it was a lot of probably what I heard growing up right but not necessarily coming from a religion, religious background or a specific church, but just people older than me talking and like, what, what is this, you know, what is this work? And I had no understanding of it. Um, yeah. So thanks for sharing that. No, it's a pleasure. And I I mean, I actually hadn't thought about that. Thank you for asking that because I hadn't thought about that episode until you asked me that question. Well, good. So that was a really great reflection point for me. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Mm-hmm. So um, tell us more about the work that you do. I don't know if you want to, you know, if you want to dive into anything in particular. Um, this yeah, is really for you that. to share. Yeah. yeah, I could do that. This is where it's, um, I always ex- explain to my clients what I'm going to do because I think it's important that they understand at, su- at some level, what I do, but there is a lot of es- this is where it gets a bit esoteric because the thing that differentiates the uh, modality that I use from other forms of energy healing, which I know about, is that I use advanced sacred geometry. And that's actually what makes all the difference. So advanced sacred, what sacred geometry is, is it is a, if you think about nature, and and you think about also the human body, if you took a microscope, uh, you would actually find that nature and us as, you know, the human body is made up of perfectly divine geometric patterns and sequences. I'll give you an example. So in nature, if you think about snowflakes, think about looking into the center of a flower you'll see perfect geometric structures in the body the uh, human dna is a spiral it's actually probably more an octahedron but you know it's a perfect geometric shape our cells are spheres and so forth now um 
what I have learned are simple but also advanced sacred geometries that you can bring in, which house a particular frequency and can therefore be used for specific healings. For example, a um, you know a sacred geometry for total forgiveness. That's one. A sacred geometry for unconditional love because it houses that particular frequency. And so using those, I will then bring them into a healing to uh, release whatever it is that that person is faced with. I've got sacred geometry that allow me to access the karmic grid. I mentioned that earlier, um, you know, timelines. And so what the sacred geometry does is it holds the frequency, does the healing, and it allows me to uh, kind of almost be the conduit for the energy that's coming so that I can facilitate the healing. So that's a little bit technical. Um, for those who are interested in learning more about energy healing, I teach that in my second level healing, um, in my second level group coaching program. But you don't need to know those things to actually manage your energy more effectively. So most people are busy. Most people probably aren't interested in becoming an energy healer. There are things that you can do without sacred geometry that can shift the dial as well. Awesome. So what are the things that you would recommend to our listeners? So if our listeners are, you know, super busy, maybe they don't have the time to invest in learning all of that. What are some, um, I don't want to say basic, but some things that anybody could do without being a master of energy. Right. Okay. So, um, let me start, I think I'll talk about my favorite one, which I did initially when I first kicked in, which is an energy alarm clock, okay? So what you'll do is you'll schedule short energy check-ins using the alarm clock on your mobile phone. Um, and if you are feeling really low vibrational, you can do that on the hour. Otherwise, you can do it you know, every few hours or three times a day. And what you do is put an alarm clock um, on, you know, put an alarm on and then when it rings, it's a reminder to just pause and ask yourself, how am I feeling? What's my energy? And what do I need to do to adjust my energy? And that could be a simple thing like um, taking a sip of water or standing up and going, to, you know, going out into the sun. So that's a, a way of really, um, it does a few things. It helps people to really tune in, to start learning how to tune into their energy, which is Energy Mastery 101. But it also, um, it interrupts energy dips, which is fantastic. Um, the other thing people can do with absolutely next to no uh, effort is to, do healing during sleep. And one of the things I would recommend is just before going to sleep to uh, find some solfeggio music. Now, each of the chakras has got an energetic frequency and the solfeggio um, uh, frequencies, which you can find on Spotify or any uh, streaming music streaming app, they, you can find, say, for example, if you want to do some work on your heart, you can find the 528 hertz frequency and you can play it as you're going to sleep. And, you know, that's another really simple way of doing energy work with very, very little effort. I love it. I love it. Mm -hmm. So for the listeners, um, 
I have talked in numerous episodes in the past about setting alarms and doing breathing breaks. So if you're one that you're like, Amanda, I, how many times can I breathe a day? Um, <laughs> I challenge you to keep the alarm set and mix it up a little bit. So maybe some of those alarms are just energy check-ins, right? Like that is still as vital as, as doing a breathing break. So, or look at how you can marry them together, right? Maybe take a breathing break, check in with yourself before that. And then after that, and then go from there and what you need to do to really raise your frequency the rest of the day, your vibe, how you feel, however you, that resonates with you. Yes. I love that. I love the combination of that. And I love, you know, because breathing, a geometric breathing is another way, by the way, of, of healing through energy. But if you've got a simple breathing technique and you check in before and after with your energy, that's a beautiful way of combining the two. I love that as well. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So um, when do you still go and do group work with companies? I do do group work. Um, I've, I do, well, I, I want to say no with regards to companies. Got but it. I do do group, well, but I'm still available to do that because I think that I can bring what I do into a corporate space in a way that is, that lands, that isn't woo-woo, that isn't out there. I just haven't sold myself or pitched myself in that way because I just thought it would be a, too much of a, you know, a, a stretch. But if there are enlightened companies that feel that a team might be ready for this, uh, not in a out there way, but in a mainstream way, yes, I do do that. But I'm more focused on doing group facilitation in my group coaching programs where I bring groups of six to 10 people together from all over the world. It's virtual. And then I facilitate a coaching journey on this topic where we release everyone's uh, blocks and then teach them how to do it themselves. So that's been more of my focus. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I asked that question because I just feel like you have, you know, this extensive background and I can resonate with that as well because I've um, tiptoed into how do I go in and help companies and very much on what we talked about a little bit ago on, you know, it's hard to facilitate the change. I've gotten like very irritated <laughs> that that I cannot do the change that I would one-on-one with someone, right? Or in a small group of folks yeah. that like want that change on their own. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I just maybe see that as something that in the future companies are, I think are going to want that. There are going to be some out there. So I think you're right. I think where I've been, my head's been going with it has been more around, I'm not sure uh, in America, but certainly in Australia, we've got employee assistance programs in organizations. So most corporates, there's some mental health benefits that people can tap into. So for example, you might have uh, up to six coaching or counseling sessions a year. Some corporates have already brought mindfulness and yoga in. And I'm thinking that's probably more of a way to go with this because what you do then is the, the company has energy mastery as an offering in the employee assistant program, but it's opt-in. You people opt-in. 
So typically an organization would pay, if they've got, for argument's sake, a thousand people, they would pay, they would estimate that maybe 30% of people would like this. It would be a 30% of about 300 people a year retainer, and then people can opt in as they want. Yeah. So that feels to me a little bit more like where this could go. But I certainly, I mean, actually a company did call me in and uh, they were doing a strategy session and they wanted me to do some energy work on the group. And my first question was like, have you, have you got consent? And they said, no. So that's the big, that's the big thing. Yeah. There. Yeah. It would be really hard to be like, this is a mandatory meeting that you have to attend. Like, that's not how that works. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> like, you're in this world. So <laughs> And um, I wouldn't agree to that because I wouldn't no, force exactly. everyone. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Yeah. So tell our listeners how they can connect with you. Um, if you have any offers right now that you would love for them to check out, uh, this is your time to share that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, they can connect with me on uh, my in Instagram, gabrielle.pimstone, or I've got a Facebook page which is Gabriella Generative Growth, but just Google me and you'll, you'll find it. Um, or they can email me, but I think it's best to reach out. I'm good with answering DMs. So if you re if you connect with me on Instagram, I'll get back to your DM within the day. Um, my absolutely, I'm very, very um, happy to offer early bird discounts to any of my, uh, my products. All of them are listed on my website which is generativegrowth.com.au. Um, and for your listeners, I am happy to give a 30% discount on everything that they decide to purchase now. Oh, that is so generous of you. Um, so for, for everyone listening, all of Gabrielle's links will be in the show notes. So make sure that you check her out, connect with her on social media, um, and really, if you are interested in energy work and how that might play into the situation that you might be in or what you're experiencing currently, um, or let's say that you're even someone that's not in the corporate world and you just want to dig in a little bit further, um, reach out to her and, um, I'm excited for what's to come in our future, um, as we collaborate on more podcasts. Me too. Me too. You've got a wonderful, um, I guess, vibe and a wonderful energy if I'm going to give you that feedback. So I've no doubt your listeners are wonderful. And I do hope that they will be able to take something away from this conversation. Awesome. So real quick, before we sign off, I do want to, like, I love your background. Um, so is there a certain reason that you chose? I mean, so for anyone that's listening, because I am going to start streaming these, um, so for anyone that's listening to the podcast, her background says a good leader was once a good follower. It's an African proverb and um, it's beautiful. So thank you for that. And I'm not too sure if there's a little golden nugget that you want to share with that. Really, it is that, you know, as you step into the next version of yourself, whatever that is, that you don't lose sight of where you came from mm. and that you are always willing to do the work roll up your sleeves and that you engage with people from a place of empathy. Oh, I love it. I love it. Gabrielle, thank you so much. Thank you. And, thank you. Um, it's been fabulous. Oh, this is not the last. Great. Good For to sure. hear. <laughs>
Hey, before we go, I wanted to share a little bit about a product that I have been using and have added to my daily routine for my burnout recovery journey. The product is called Happy Juice, and it actually isn't a juice at all. It is a combination of three different supplements that are brought to us by a company called Amare Global. So I wanted to share with you real quick some of the um, the wins that I've had since starting to drink Happy Juice every day. I have gotten rid of my brain fog. My digestive issues are so much better. Um, I don't have as much inflammation and bloating as I typically have had in the past. It has helped my anxiety so much so that I have gone off of my daily anxiety medication. My irritation levels are um, under control, I would say, and it has truly helped me when it comes to panic attacks. So if you are interested in learning more, I will drop in the show notes a link for $10 off your first purchase as well as um, a link to the website and you can check it out. So, are you ready to start your own corporate detox journey? Well, if you are, make sure that you check out amandamccorder.net for different ways to work with me, as well as some freebies that could help you get started. If you're on social media, follow me at Amanda K. McCorder on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram.